series in the book of Daniel, as you can see, titling this Bold Face and Integrity. We're going to be looking to the book of Daniel for examples of how should we be living above reproach as Christians in a world and a culture where it is often perilous, dangerous to live as Christians, to be counter-cultural, which is how we are called to live. So I want you to turn in your copy of God's Word to the book of Daniel. Daniel, after Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, it would be after all of them. After Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, but before Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and Micah. Turn to Daniel, and if all else fails, you can turn to the table of contents in the beginning and look up what page number it's at. I'm going to be preaching today out of the New International Version, the NIV, to help those who are using Pew Bibles and to help it be a little bit more understanding to some. But as some of you choose to use the ESV or the KJV or whatever you use, that is fine as well. And I'll have it up on the screen for you to follow along with too. As you're turning, I'd like to give you a little bit of background, a little bit of an introduction to the book of Daniel. And I warn you, there is a lot of details today as we introduce this new series, this new book, and kind of see where are we coming from, where are we at in the book of Daniel. So Daniel is a book in the Old Testament, which means it is before Christ. It's approximately 605 BC here, which is after the Babylonians have sieged Judah in Jerusalem. Now, the Babylonians were a very tough crowd. They were corrupt and one of the largest and most powerful nations on earth in its day. It was truly a supreme power with a deadly military force. They also are believed to have had a strong economy and demonic power. They worshipped many false gods and filled their lives with many evil, evil ways, both with their entertainment, their military, their sexualities, they were not serving the one true God. They were worshiping many false gods. Now, as we start to read here in a moment, you'll see us reading about King Jehoiakim, who was one of Judah's worst kings and was king of Judah at this time, nothing like his father. The Babylonian exile was a result of the Lord's judgment on his people due to them being unfaithful to the terms placed upon them at the covenant at Mount Sinai. They were warned to turn away from evil, to turn back to the covenant, to turn back to God's ways, but they did not turn away. So God acts. You see, God always keeps his word, whether it's a warning that we need to heed to or whether it's a promise of good things to come, God always keeps his word. And what we see in the Bible is there's three stages of siege and Daniel and his friends were taken during one of these sieges during one of these takeovers. It has been said that the book of Daniel is to the Old Testament what the book of Revelation is to the New Testament. It is a book full of prophecy and talking about what is to come. In fact, God gave Daniel special abilities, which we'll talk about later in the coming chapters, to interpret dreams and to help interpret what was to come. The book of Daniel and looking to the life and character of Daniel himself is full of applications for our life. It challenges us to live a life of bold face and integrity and in a world which is often against Christianity. So again, I know I've already given you a lot of details, but let's just get to reading from chapter one. So please follow along with me on the screen. And Missy, if you could help keep the slides transitioning for me as I read. 
In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands. Now, it's very important for you to notice that statement. The Lord delivered the king of Judah into his hand. Now, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, would think that he, him and all his power, him and all his power of false gods, that this is how they got control. But really, it's only because the Lord allowed it. The sovereign God is in control at all times. Moving on. Along with some of the articles from the temple of God, you see, they didn't just siege the kingdom. They didn't just siege eats of people and steal away people, but they stole articles from the temple of God, and these they carried off to the temple of his God in Babylon and put in the treasure of his God. So let's explain that just briefly. I think for two reasons he did this. One, he did this. He took treasures from Judah into his own God's temple as a thank you to his God for allowing him the power to conquer But in reality, he's wrong because he didn't have the power to conquer. God made it happen. I think that orange mic is is echoing if you want to mute that. The second reason is he wanted wanted this trophy. Think about your, your own lives when you've conquered something, you've been successful, you've accomplished something, you want to you you get a trophy to signify your accomplishments. And that's what this was. He conquered, he sieged, and he took things to be able to symbolize his great accomplishment. But again, it's only because God allowed it. Verse three, let's read on. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. This is speaking about Daniel, speaking about his friends, speaking about those that he would steal away to put into service. They were, for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, they were qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. That was like their time of brainwashing, intense training to try and wipe away everything they knew and train them in a new history, a new culture, a new language, new reading, and with new names. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Now, the chief official gave them new names. The chief official gave them Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. Now, why why do you think they would change the names? I'm just going to tell you now because I don't get into that much later. Well, I love that thought. But they actually end up not being evil. But yes, in some ways, they change their name because they want to take their names away from God. So all their names had godly meanings behind them, like God is to be my judge. And when they change their names to these new names, these names signify worshiping the false gods. 
They were trying to wipe away any type of imprint of the one true God upon their lives and try and place upon them these false gods. So as we move forward, Daniel, verse 8, and kind of the key verse of this chapter and getting into this key idea, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Notice it's after, after Daniel makes this choice to live for God before living for this new culture. God caused the official to show favor and compassion. Verse 10, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? So again, this man thought if, if Daniel and his friends are not going to eat of the king's table, the good meat and bread and food and wine, they're going to get skinny, they're going to get thin, they're going to look unhealthy. And then the king's going to be mad at his chief person, and it goes on. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Now, obviously, he didn't want to lose his head. But Daniel then said to the guard with wise wisdom and strategy to try and persuade him with kindness. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Now I should stop here and pause. I'm not trying to convict all of us that we need to go to a vegetarian lifestyle. I believe this was like a, a, a so sovereign God intervening, working a miracle upon their lives. That's why I want to believe at least because Surely you can't look better only eating vegetables, right? You need meat. In reality, you can look really good eating vegetables alone. I'm not speaking bad against vegetarians. But in this case, God had intervened, I truly believe. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Daniel gave them this wise option, this other alternative, a win-win situation well, I understand you want to look out for your head. You're number one. You don't want to be killed for taking this way. How about this? Let's just try it for 10 days. 10 days. And let's see what we look like. Test us. And he won them over. So they took it away. They gave in to Daniel's plea. Now, for young men, God gave... Uh, let's go back one slide here. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. So look again, because of Daniel and his friend's steadfastness and continuing to have bold face and integrity and live for God all the way through, I believe God continues to bless them. God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. I put emphasis on the all kinds, the all literature, the all learning, because I truly believe God gave them great, great knowledge. Because it says, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, 
the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Now, this whole thing, this whole chapter is kind of giving you this introduction to the book. It's setting up where they came from, what happened, and where they are going to become, where they're going to be in the future. In fact, it goes on to the very end. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Roughly 70 years later, Daniel was still in service to the king until Babylonians were taken over by, I believe it's the Persians. So here's what we have here as we, get, as we move forward. All right. Verses, this chapter, again, is an introduction, but we can break it down in this way and recognize Daniel never compromised in his faith. Verse 1 to 7, Daniel describes how they were taken into exile. Verses 8 to 16, he describes how they would remain undefiled. And then finally, verses 17 to 21, it describes how they were promoted and preserved. Or another way to put it in the four points that we're seeing and we're discussed this morning is this. Number one, we see the background of the story. Setting up the story of Daniel. Where did they come from? What happened? Number two, as we move forward to that second stage, we see the situation and the temptation, the food, the wine. And number three, the attitude that they have of no compromise. And number four, the great blessings and rewards for faith and integrity. Who was Daniel? Let's start with this. Daniel was a man of great nobility. He was a noble man. He was a man of wisdom, a man of bold face and integrity, but also, as we see here, he was a healthy man, a young man, a handsome man, and he was capable of learning. There were certain qualifications that King Nebuchadnezzar gave them to look for, and he met all these qualifications. So he was then qualified. I don't know if this was a good thing or a bad thing, but he was qualified to come to the king's table and eat and drink and be trained in all ways and become a high position in his court. Daniel was taken captive to Babylon at a young age. Some might say he was a prisoner of war, yet he would rise to a high position and live a long life for God. Most scholars believe Daniel, you teenagers, listen up, most scholars believe Daniel would have been 15 to 17 years of age at his captivity. 15 to 17 years of age, and yet we see these great characteristics which we can look up to, we can aspire to live to. Despite intense political pressure, he lived a model life of integrity and obedience to God. Teenagers, 15 to 17 years of age, how much integrity are you living with in your life? How much do you compromise? How much do, we, do you give in to the world's wants and desires versus the biblical wants and desires? Now, if any of you teens feel like I'm pointing fingers, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm looking at the back wall. But I do want you to think about your life as we preach today, having a life of bold face and integrity. You're starting school this week. How are you going to live? But because of Daniel's faithfulness, God blessed him with wisdom and the ability to interpret dreams and provide prophecies about the future. 
Look to this great character of Daniel, 15 to 17 years of age, and yet he is wise beyond his years. That's why they took Daniel and his friends, because they were seen to be wise and able to learn more. They were healthy, they were fit, they were handsome, they were qualified. They had bold faith and integrity, though, which the Babylonians would not be able to fully conquer or push away. And we can learn from the character of Daniel. In fact, Charles Spurgeon, Pastor Spurgeon here, he once preached a sermon challenging all of his listeners to this. I quote, dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be a Daniel. I think we all can dare to be a Daniel. We all can look to the character of Daniel and apply it to our lives. Men and women of bold faith and integrity, Christ followers who will not compromise when it means sinning or taking glory away from God. God must be our number one. And I want to challenge you with this today. I'm not speaking just to the teens, but I am speaking to them. No compromise. No compromise. As you start school this week, no compromise. As you get back to somewhat of a normal routine with your families, with work, with relationships, no compromise. We as Christ followers, we as Christ followers must be making daily choices which show we listen and obey God's holy word before our own emotions, feelings, or desires. You hear that? We as Christ followers need to obey God's holy word and way of living before our own emotions, desires, or feelings. We need to remember we are not of this world and we have a future kingdom to look forward to. We have a hope to live for and we have instructions for daily living. But Daniel 1.8, let's get back to this main idea. It says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself. Daniel made an active choice not to defile himself. Some translations say, say that he set his heart upon this not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. We're learning a lot about his character. We see a man of faith who would not compromise to fit with those around him, even in something as simple as some might think about eating food and drinking wine. And it's not because we're getting into a debate about drunkenness, not drunkenness, drinking or not drinking. That's not it. You see, rather than merely keeping up a random diet restriction, Daniel and his friends would choose to abstain from what may be seen as good eating and drinking for reason that the meat and wine may have been almost certainly offered to idols first. They had offered it to idols. This was very common in the day to offer it to idols, to ask the idols to bless it and then give it to the people. So for him to take part in this meal would be just a small step down in sacrificing his faith to God. Or possibly the meat was unclean and under the Mosaic law, they were not able to eat this type of meat. Another thinking, and we can get into many different thinkings, is that maybe they were followers of the the Levite law and they could not drink wine. They could not take part in this type of diet. Either way, the significance here isn't what they chose to eat or drink. It's that Daniel was willing to face consequences for his faith in God. What consequences are we willing to face for our faith in God in everyday living? He recognized accepting certain aspects of this newfound life could be detrimental to him remaining faithful in God. 
he recognized the temptation that was coming into his life, and he noticed that, okay, I know this is a small thing to some, but if I take this step, it could be detrimental and put me down a sliding hill to my faith in God and cause, cause me to walk down and away from my faith. Move to today for a moment. You see, Daniel was living in a hostile world. There was siege, there were battles, there were battles for his faith, battle for his life, battles for Judah. We also live in a hostile world. We live in a hostile world to our faith and to a life of godly living. We, like Daniel, need to be people of God who do not compromise in faithfulness to him. Daniel shows us how to live in a hostile culture, even under leadership, which we don't like. Daniel submits to his new leadership, but only in certain ways. And where he does not, he seeks to honor God in his response. You see, listen closely. Daniel stood his ground, but he did so with grace and humility. He was not arrogant or rude or obnoxious or stubborn. He was kind and wise. And this was what would win over his superiors. God honors and blesses his actions. Time and time again, in fact, he's blessed. Look to verse 9. Now, God has caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. That's God blessing his actions because he chose God first. Look later on and see that after testing, they're found to be healthier than those who ate of the king's table. Now, again, not to convict us to be vegetarians, but to convict us to choose God first, even in the little things such as what we eat or drink and what we take place in, what groups we hang out with, what we listen to and pour into our mind, what we watch and what we read, are these little compromises which hurt our faith. I believe God provided for them continuously and blessed them. And look, we can also look later to see that they're blessed by God and with great wisdom, protection, and Daniel, the ability to interpret dreams. God blesses Daniel and his, and his friends because of their great faith. Here's the big message, the big idea here. God is sovereign over our lives, and he honors and blesses our attempts at faithfulness. But are you attempting to have faithfulness? God is still in control. He is sovereign over all things, all our lives, and he will honor and bless your faithfulness. Daniel was smart enough to, look, to know to look out for the temptation. He was smart enough to know to stand true to his faith. This can be a challenge for us also. You see, there's an important lesson for us in that our culture is always fighting to get our ultimate loyalty. It may not be to a king, but it's to a country. It's to our businesses. It's to our friends, our families, our political parties. They all fight to have our ultimate loyalty. But the only ultimate loyalty we should be giving to is God. God needs our ultimate loyalty. Daniel chooses not to compromise. Daniel chooses God first, and we need to too. But how often do we compromise? How often do we get brainwashed by a culture around us, <clears throat> which is not, ex not committed to godly living? The Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar were experts at trying to assimilate these people of God into their society, their culture, and brainwash them with new learning, new way of reading, new way of, of speaking, new gods to worship, new names. But Daniel took a stand. Here's the problem I see today. 
We see today that too many of us often voluntarily get brainwashed. Voluntarily, we isolate ourselves from Christian friends because maybe they don't seem like the cool crowd. They don't seem like the popular ones. Voluntarily, we isolate ourselves from church. We attend secular colleges and brainwash ourselves with wisdom which does not come from God or his word. And this leads to many people walking away from God. I'm not saying that secular colleges are the right way for some, Christian colleges for others. I'm just saying to think about the compromises that we make and how it leads to us walking away from our faith. Daniel and his friends were to remain undefiled and resist the assimilation. No compromise. They would stand true to God. Babylon is where they would live, but it would never truly be their home, one person said. We may live here, but this will never truly be our forever home. Daniel chooses to honorably submit to both God and his new rulers, but ultimately he always serves God first. Back to Daniel 1. For 10 days he would eat only vegetables and water to drink. And please note, this was good food. This was good, good food and drink. It was the king's table food. It was a great temptation. It wasn't some little thing. I mean, how many of us would love to eat and drink of a king's table every night? All the steak we can think of, all the pork chops, all the smoked meat, all the barbecue. Okay, I'm a meat guy. All the kombucha, Sue. Think about whatever you like to eat. This was a big temptation to say, okay, I'm not going to eat milkshakes every night for dinner. Okay, I would eat that too. This was a big temptation, but Daniel seeks first to please God, and he took a stand. But this begs me to ask once more of our lives, where are we willing to make a stand? Where will we compromise? Where will we not? Where do we compromise our faithfulness to God and integrity of followers of Christ? For example, We have all experienced the pressure of society trying to change our thinking about transgenderism, same-sex marriage, abortion, sex and living with someone before marriage, materialism, homosexuality. God calls this both shameful and perversion. We need to stay true first to God's word and his rightful way of living. Don't allow this culture to sway our beliefs to turn and think, well, it's okay in some cases. And just because they choose this way doesn't mean I have to choose this way. We need to stand true to what is truth. Stand true to the word of God. There is pressure to change our way of living. Many want to dismiss God as the creator of universe. Many want to teach evolution as truth. We need an attitude of no compromise where it matters most. We need to make sure we stay true to God. Have bold faith and integrity in how we live. Daniel may have been a young man, a young person, a teenager, but he is a young man who can challenge us all to dare to be better. Consider the life of Daniel, his bold faith and integrity, how he would not compromise. Where do we need to be bolder in our faith? Where do we need to stay true as our, as in our integrity as men and women of God and followers of Christ? Do people in our lives even know that we believe and follow after Christ? Do people see us taking a stand for what is rightful living? School is starting back up this week. I again say this as I start to close here. How can you apply this lesson this week to compromise and not to compromise and where to stand? 
Parents are getting back to a normal way of living, a normal work week of their kids actually going away during the day, possibly, or virtual learning, depending on what you choose to do. How are we going to stay true to God's word in our families, in our friendships, in our businesses, at work with our coworkers, in our church, in our community? Do not compromise. Even in times of great trial and opposition, we as Christians must remain faithful to God and his gospel, imitating Christ's own steadfastness as he endured persecution and death for our sakes. We must rejoice despite our surroundings and find joy in our sovereign Lord's provisions and protection. Find joy that we too can be persecuted just like Christ. We can be identified with him, but we know that we will never be alone never be forsaken, we'll always be provided for. God honors Christ followers and attempts at faithfulness. God may sovereignly choose to send you to hard places, but do not lose sight of the fact that he is still in control and has a purpose with your life. He's still with you. God will still walk walk through it with you. God works through sinful people and nations every day. God uses the imperfect to shine light to the perfect. Allow him to use you. So as we wrap up, I wanna give you some points here of where we've been, because there's been a lot. I know there's been a lot of details, a lot of background, a lot of setting up the story, a lot of explaining where we're at. We need to allow him to use you. Be prepared, be expecting of problems and temptations and look to where we can have bold face and integrity and a no compromise attitude. That's what we summarize, that's what we see. Finally, we trust We have bold face and integrity and trust in your sovereign Lord to provide. That's what we see Daniel did. Daniel had bold face and integrity and he trusted in his sovereign Lord to provide all their needs. And look to how God blessed them because of it. God blessed them physically. God blessed them mentally. God blessed them spiritually. And God blessed them socially. Now, it doesn't mean that you're always gonna be blessed in all these ways. And I didn't say God's gonna bless you with BMWs and financial freedom, university, all that stuff, but God will bless you when you follow him first, when you have bold faith and integrity. But we need to stay focused on the future. We need to stay focused on God, not in this world, not of the world around us, not on the ways the world tells us to believe and to follow, Remember the words of Paul in Colossians 3, 1 to 2, where he says, so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Or as he adds in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I think that's a good prayer for us to end with today in a moment, is to pray for God to be, for us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds through God. God, transform our minds to have bold faith and integrity and to stay true to what is right versus what's wrong. In the coming days, the weeks, the months, let's not compromise. Daniel and his friends, they must have been scared. Their world had been thrown upside down. They had taken, been taken away from everything they knew, their family, their friends, their way of life as nobility. And yet they stayed true to God. And we can too. 
in a world which is often against Christians. We can stay true to God, but we need bold faith and integrity. Here's my final application, and then we'll pray. During this week, teens, pay attention. This goes to you too. During this week, keep a list of the times the world or Satan tempts you to compromise what pleases God. I want you to record what choice you made and how you combated the situation, the temptation. What works, what does not. This is what you're trying to do. Let's, let's take a record. Let's actually write down. Let's not just say, Lord, please forgive me. I know I gave in here, but let's write down how we, how we gave in, how we compromised, or how we didn't compromise even though we, t- we were tempted. Let's notate it down in a prayer journal, and let's write down what helped us get through it. What works? What does not work? Strategize for the next time. If we want to conquer these temptations, if we want to have bold faith and integrity, we need to work through this in positive and godly ways. I wrote down a few suggestions. Did you pray? Did you read scripture? Did you call someone? And by call someone, I'm talking about calling a brother or sister in Christ, calling a mom, a dad, a brother, sister, a friend, a pastor, calling a fellow believer. That's what matters. You need godly wisdom pouring into your life. Did you pray? Did you read scripture? Did you call someone? We're in this battle together. Let's stay true. Let's not compromise. Let's stay true to God. Let's have bold faith and integrity. We're going to have baptism here in a moment to represent those who are publicly following after Christ with their life. And I I ask those having baptism, if you want to leave and start getting ready, I'll meet you out there. But we're going to close in prayer. And again, I encourage you to stick around to take part in baptism. But if you need to leave, we understand. But we close in prayer with this thought. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds by you. Lord, we pray for you to help us not to be conformed. Put your word upon our heart so that we might not sin against thee. Help us to remember your word and what is true and what is not. Help us to get wisdom from you, from your people, from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, help us to combat these temptations to expect them and know they're going to come, and then to boldly stand up and not compromise. Lord, help us not to follow our own selfish desires, our feelings, our emotions, but to stay true to your right way of living. Lord, help us to think about not just what you see, that's most important though, but help us also to see what are our kids seeing, what are our neighbors seeing, what are people around us seeing in how we respond to life circumstances. Do they see us compromising? Do they see us giving in to emotions, feelings, or desires which are not God-honoring? May we honor and glorify you with our life, Lord. Help us. Help us not to conform to the world, but renew our minds to focus upon you. May we honor and glorify you with our life. May we be edified by you. May we continually be growing in our knowledge of you and helping others to grow too. And Lord, may the lost be found. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining with us this morning. And again, I encourage you to take that, make that list this week. Have a great week.